And we are back guys, we have reached phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and today we are looking at Iron Man 3, the last movie in the Iron Man trilogy. My name is Charlie and this is Just One More Opinion. Hope you enjoy this one. After the world-changing events that transpired in the Avengers movie, Tony Stark is experiencing an acute case of PTSD, as he cannot forget the heroic sacrifice he made at the end of the last film, with images of the wormhole, the alien assault, and outer space invading his mind at all times, Tony cannot rest nor heal. To distract himself, he spends his time tinkering and upgrading his tech. Countless hours at the workshop building and building, and to get a sense of how much time he has spent down at his R&D division. In the Avengers movie, he had Mark VII as the latest piece of Iron Man armor. Here, we are presented with the debut of Mark 42. Damn. His addiction, really, to the work is an ongoing element of the film, of the film, as he cannot differentiate between being Tony Stark and being Iron Man. And that creates not only internal conflict, but also external conflict with Pepper being a victim of Tony's compulsion. So at the core of this movie, we have a story about healing and a story about integrity. Our main antagonist, Aldrich Killian, is the example of what a man looks like when he loses all integrity after being utterly embarrassed by someone he idolizes. There have been countless comparisons between his story and the Riddler's arc in the movie Batman Forever, as both villainous characters were created out of a feeling of being ignored by our heroes. And I agree with that to some extent, but I don't think that it being a sort of imitation, I don't think it diminishes Killian's story. Because although this is a, a common story, um, it still alludes to this notion that our actions have consequences, obviously, and that we may inadvertently create our own demons, as Stark says at the start of the film. Killian has felt ignored, he was always told no, and he became desperate after so much reject rejection. And you can't really blame him for turning to the darker side when his hopes for creating something pure and exciting led nowhere. Unfortunately, that's when the mistakes came and the revenge plot was devised by Killian. I'll get into the nitty-gritty of the story in a bit, but before that, let me just address the elephant in the room, which is the Mandarin plot twist. Uh, okay, I know how the majority of people feel about this, and it's not very positive, is it? <laughs> so I'll try my best to explain my opinion, which, which is just just one more opinion, guys. <laughs> and hopefully you won't get mad if you disagree with me. Because I did not mind that plot twist that much. I I have a couple of reasons for that, though. F 
First of all, I thought that Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery was hilarious and brilliant. I couldn't stop laughing the first, second, seventh time around, especially when he's um, telling Stark his backstory. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that a lot of the issues people have relate to this misleading intention of the director, Shane Black. But I think Black actually left enough information before the twist to get us ready. Not only, I'm not only uh, referring to all the technical setup that Killian and AIM did for the Mandarin um, video recordings, because that was suspicious from the start, but also because the character of the Mandarin in the comics is so menacing that I don't believe he would be open to terrorize in public um, and, and release these short films to the press to scare the world and attract Iron Man to fight him. Much like the character of Killian in this movie, the character of the Mandarin in the comics enjoys a sort of anonymity. And this Mandarin was the polar opposite of that. Therefore, something was fishy from the, the very start. It was too... It was too theatrical and too out there and because of how the villain operates in the comics too fake so the reveal the plot twist after second viewing should make more sense and leave less people angry because also for the people who are not aware of this the real mandarin the ten rings mandarin not slattery or killian is out there in the mcu he's going to be the main villain of uh, Shang-Chi, which comes out next year, and even before the movie was announced, we had already been warned of his existence in my favorite Marvel one-shot, All Hail the King, and this is a 10-12 minute short film that tells the story of Trevor in prison, as he's being interviewed by a guy who wants to know how much information he has on the Mandarin and the Ten Rings organization. And of course, Slattery <laughs> believes it all to be a farce, but um, the interviewer, who is actually a Ten Rings agent, educates him and captures the poor actor to take him to the man whose name was stolen. I think this, uh, yeah, this one shot was released in 2014. Yeah, I think so. And it also brings back Sam Rockwell, Rockwell's Justin Hammer, who is also serving time at the same prison, so hey, very cool, very cool little short film. Go check it out if you haven't. It's probably on YouTube or somewhere. Um, anyway, to sum this up, I get why people were furious about this, since the Mandarin is such a powerful, dangerous individual who was treated here as literally a mere publicity stunt. But Marvel had a bigger plan for the character, and yes, it was a risk. But soon we will all learn about the true identity of the menacing Mandarin next summer. Looking forward to it. Okay, coming back to the story. So have that in mind, that all this was a plan by Killian to entice Stark and trap him. All he wanted to do was keep his an anonymity and have someone for Iron Man to fight. And of course, Tony was going to choose to be reckless and find the Mandarin at all costs because... I would argue, fighting aliens was too much for him. So when a more grounded 
enemy showed up, another terrorist, I would say that he was relieved to go back to fighting normal people. Normal, normal here being, well, less extraterrestrial and less godlike. And right after that, he put, purposefully puts the target on his back. Obviously, danger surely comes to his home. And that event, that little tragedy, leaves Tony stranded on um, another city. Not only without his suit, but also without his AI companion Jarvis. And I think this created a brand new obstacle for him, something he had not experienced since the cave scene in Iron Man 1. Because now he was a fully flat, fleshed out superhero without any of his, of his super stuff. So he is forced into being Tony the Mechanic once more, giving us some very cool sequences and reminding us how resourceful and what a genius he really is. We get introduced to a new young character, Harley Keener, played by Ty Simpkins. And I am a bit um, neutral to this character because A, we had a different type of relationship between the protagonist and another character, which is cool. But B, since then he wasn't really used, except for that final scene in Endgame. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. But I'm curious to see if they do something with the character um, in the future, but I'm not sure. So I'm led to believe that he was a sort of taste of what Tony Stark's relationship with Peter Parker would be. Because Feige, Kevin Feige, he has ambitions. Big ones. Big ambitions. So he must have had a dream about bringing Spider-Man into the MCU at some point. And this was um, a, a little sample. A little sample of what Tony's relationship with him could look like. Maybe. I don't know. Nevertheless, there were some funny bits in their interactions as well, so <laughs> so in my opinion, Arlie's addition to the movie was a pleasant, even if inconsequent, inconsequential um, surprise. So we reach the final third of the movie with three big action scenes. The first one, and my favorite, being Tony breaking into um, Killian's base of operations. Again, because it shows Tony's um, ingenuity with his new cheap gadgets. Then we have the plane sequence where Tony saves 13 people from falling to their demises. And that sequence was, oh, it was just fantastic. Really well made. They tried to use little, little um, special effects. And the end pro product was, was pretty epic. Pretty epic. Even if upon a, a second or seventh viewing a bit shorter than I remembered actually. But then we have our final battle, Tony confronts Killian hoping to save Pepper and the president who had been taken as hostages by the villain, one as a trophy and one as a um, sacrifice. And once again Stark never disappoints. The house party protocol is initiated and just like that we have more than a dozen new Iron Man suits ready to take down Killian's goons and I mean what an iconic moment 
great final battle, much better than the ones in his first two movies, in my opinion. And um, oh, just oh, so awesome, so awesome. And also the stakes are high, too high for Tony, as he is on the verge of losing the love of his life, Pepper. And in a gut-wrenching moment, we are led to believe that she is gone, falling into an explosion. But thankfully, because of um, Killian's extremist experimentation on Pepper, she was able to survive the fall and even get some superhuman strength as a bonus. So in the end, she was actually the hero who killed the bad guy, not Tony. Tony actually realized what was more important, that all the suits were hobbies, mere distractions, a cocoon. So the clean slate, clean slate protocol was activated in order to start anew with Pepper and away from his endless tinkering. He gets Pepper fixed, as well as himself, a little operation to remove the shrapnel from his chest and leave the Iron Man behind. Or so we think, because this finale was really a fake one. It was a kind of a fake finale to the character, I, I think. Um, because Iron Man did return for another five movies. And he continued building suits. So this sort of emotional victory at the end was somewhat tarnished by that fact. Of course I am thankful for Iron Man's continued appearances, but I'm against having a win in one movie and diminishing the importance of that win afterwards. But anyway, anyway that was just a little problem I have with it. Also, I think they could have used the AIM organization a bit better or have them return in the future but over overall i enjoy this movie i think it's a high seven for me as an mcu film and a medium one as a general a medium seven as a general movie and yeah oh and just know guys that if there's anything anything iron man 3 teaches us is that the best way to heal is to let go up with Thor and his friends to see what they're all up to. Am I excited to rewatch The Dark World? Am I? Am I? I guess we'll wait and see. Hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.